Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. guest today we got on is Nick St. Louis, the owner of Foot Collective and Physical Therapist. I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself right away to you. Nick, the floor is yours, dude. Thanks again hey for coming on. Cool. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm a physical therapist uh, from Ottawa, Canada and uh, the creator of the Foot Collective. So I'm still practicing physio, um, but more and more of my time is being taken up by the Foot Collective now, focusing more on getting good foot health education out to the people through our social media platforms and uh, just recently starting to do, uh, we launched TFC Shop, where we're trying to get people the best barefoot shoes for the best prices, um, and so working a little bit more on that now. Dude, it's, it's crazy that you're talking about being, talking about barefoot feet, because of the fact of back in, I remember when I got back from Afghanistan in 2010, the first thing that I bought were the five-finger shoes. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, a lot more people are, are getting into those, you know, caring less about what shoes look like and more about what shoes do to your feet. And I think, you know, it's not something you have to wear every single day. Obviously, it's tough to pull those off at formal occasions, although I've worn them at weddings, gotten chirped a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you, it's one of those things where once you have to understand um, what to look for in a shoe in order to accept what something like a five fingers look like. You know, uh, Vivo Barefoot's making some good shoes that are more traditional looking, but have kind of the principles of barefoot shoes. But once people understand, you know, what shoes do to your feet and, and how it changes your movement and your... Uh, you know, your foundation, which is what your feet really are, um, they get a lot more respect and they're more inclined to look at barefoot style shoes. And I think that's uh, the ball's rolling pretty good with, you know, our goal with the Foot Collective was initially we just left it as an education platform, free education platform on, uh, on Instagram, just to try and, you know, I treat a lot of people with foot problems and um, in the clinic and, and, you know, a lot of these people have gone to five different experts, you know, foot experts, doctors, all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's some foot problems and I think they've just been led down the wrong path and, and the effective path is actually so simple, which is the beauty of it. It's, it's less, it's not so much telling people a hundred things to do or what to spend their money on. It's what not to do, right? What shoes not to wear, um, go barefoot. That's, you know, super simple advice. And it's one of the best ways to regain strength in your shoes. Um, you know, we talked right before the podcast went on air about, about sitting. Um, and I think what I usually tell people is flat feet is actually a sitting problem. It's a problem at the hip, which materializes at the foot. So it's really, um, yeah, it's been a good journey. People are really receptive to it. And I think just trying to get people the information they need to kind of restore optimal alignment and posture and get pain free. So, you, you know, what's funny is I, what caught my eye dude with was when I was scrolling through Instagram, um, I do that, man, especially for the job. You know, I try and look for like them, like we talked about pre-show. I try and look for the most, you know, the guys that are making an impact right now on the fitness industry just are not even the fitness industry, but in the human, in the human, right? The goal is to help perform and, and add yep. optimization for the human. And I found you on a, on the Instagram. I was scrolling through our Instagram for Softly and I found you. I was like, I got to get you on this, on this podcast and talk about this. And the reason why I really wanted to bring you on was because of the fact that when I was in the Marine Corps as a special operations guy, you know, what happened was, is I started realizing all the running, all the rucking, all the jumping and all that stuff. I started seeing injuries, not through the school. Cause I was also at the schoolhouse as an instructor. I saw guys really starting to get shin splints and everything else like that. And it was like, all right, there has to be some reason why this is happening. I know it's probably improper running form or whatever else, but there has to be a smaller and more simpler, effective way to fix this. And, yep. you know, at that time period, you know, I started kind of getting this back in 2010, 2011, when I started kind of getting into the fitness realm and really coaching and I started doing research and that's when I started realizing, Hey, your foot is your foundation to everything. Everyone, you know, everyone believes, Oh, well, if you're hurting in your knee, it's cause your hip or if your ankles messed up, it's cause your hip or your yep. glutes not firing. And I'm like, so I started doing research, started looking up different things. And I realized I was like, dude, it's not coming from the hip. What do we stand on all fucking day? Exactly. <laughs> it's our feet, right? And uh, that was something I really started getting into. I started make, focusing on proper soles for my feet. I used to have really flat feet. And that was mm -hmm. one person that I had really. And I started realizing that my knees were caving in and everything was really bad. So I started focusing on creating more of an arch in my foot, which started activating my glutes, which started giving me better position. Um, 
So that kind of one that takes me into, you know, what really got you into the realm of really looking, because as a physical therapist going through PT school, I've worked with a lot of, I've talked to a lot of PTs and I've worked around a lot of them, you know, and they all believe like, hey, the physical therapy school isn't really what gets you to where you're at today. So what really kind of got you, you know, zeroed in onto the foot instead of the full body? Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a big lock in the physical therapy curriculum. Like, I don't know how it is in the States, but I have some friends there and they, they say it's pretty similar. Um, here in Canada, you learn a lot about treating the symptoms of pain, very little about treating the cause. Um, and I think that's just this very systemic thing that is on the right path to changing, but is still very, very behind, at least when I graduated uh, four years ago. So what got me in the feet was actually just looking at my own feet. You know, I took all the stuff that I learned in school, tried to apply it to my own feet. I knew I had ankle mobility issues, had kind of less of an arch than I would have thought um, you know, would be good for stability. So I looked down at my feet, was doing everything right according to what I was taught in school, and I really wasn't making very much progress. So um, I went to a conference, Society, uh, it's called the Society of Weightlifting Injury Specialists, and a guy called Donnie Thompson, a um, big okay. uh, powerlifter, was there and was talking about, you know, we have literally an epidemic of ankle problems. Um, and got me interested in the ankle and in the foot, started doing some of the stuff he was preaching with body tempering, where you just basically roll heavy steel tubes on muscles to loosen yeah. them up. Um, and uh, started working on my own feet. And, you know, after six months of really working on foot mobility, it's funny, you walk into our clinic in Ottawa and all the physios are completely barefoot. No one wears shoes. Some of the docs are barefoot. Uh, it's the kind of thing where, you know, our mentality is you got to practice what you preach. And uh, patients kind of look at you weird at the start. But then when you start talking to them about feet, um, you know, every person that comes in, I don't care if you come see me because your ear hurts, I'm going to look at your feet because it's a big part that people just aren't being given the right education. Um, when they have some context, they're like, Oh, can I go barefoot too? And so, you know, working on my own feet, let me understand what people needed to work on. Started giving people different information than what they were used to. You know, someone comes in with plantar fasciitis with uh, having had plantar fasciitis for a couple of years. And all you tell them is take the orthotics out, go barefoot, spend less time in supportive shoes. And you're like, whoa, that's the opposite of what I've been told my whole life. And, you know, two weeks in after having pain for two years, they're like, yeah, my, I don't, my feet don't hurt anymore. Not to say that that's the end of where they need to work on, but you know, it's such simple stuff that it almost catches people off guard with, you know, it intuitively makes sense. You're, we didn't evolve to wear shoes. You know, people say, Oh, barefoot running or being barefoot is a fad. Well, footwear is kind of the fad because we haven't been wearing shoes for very long in the grand scheme of things. Um, so worked on my own feet, started preaching stuff with patients, saw the results. And I, I think, you know, everyone can talk all they want about research studies and papers and stuff like that. I'm really not much of, I'm a science guy. So, you know, do a test, implement some sort of treatment, retest, was there a change? That's my science. That's, yeah. um, that's the way that I, I kind of work and I see it in person reading a research paper that, you know, I don't know if they used a very good, I don't have the knowledge to know how to evaluate research methodology so in depth that I can say, you know, you can read the abstract or the results of a study, but if you don't know how to evaluate whether that was actually good science, it doesn't really tell you a whole lot. So um, mine is more empirical case-based through the results I get with my patients, but, um, you know, I'm seeing huge stuff and that's what really was a motivator to I can teach people this stuff without actually seeing them in person. Just give them the fundamentals and trust that people will want to get better. And once they start seeing results, which is, happens in a pretty quick period of time in terms of getting out of pain, um, the motivation is there to just continue doing it and, and really adopt more of a, you know, I call it barefoot lifestyle. It's, you know, unplug from technology, get back out, out of buildings, out of artificial gym environments, get back into nature, go barefoot. You know, it's, it's kind of a, just unplug yourself from technology and technology includes these $200 running shoes that people are wearing that are just killing their running technique. So it was through working on myself and then seeing the results in patients that really motivated me to, you know, we got to get this information out because there's so much, um, you know, so much misinformation about out there about what to do when you're having problems with your feet that it needs to be disrupted. So. Yeah. I like really like the fact that you did say, you know, Hey, the, you know, fixing the foot and fixing the ankle, is the, is not the, is like a short term fix, but you also look at something bigger to create a long term fix, right? Because that's something we really push here with Softly. We're getting ready to drop our first mobility program um, for the company, and you know we're not using just bands of cross balls and foam rollers. We're actually using that paired with proper movement pattern work, awesome. and movement flow, neurological adaptation work, and all that good stuff. And I actually put in foot protocol work actually in there. That's um, awesome. Good to hear. You know, and I was really blessed. I've been under, I've been under some really good mentors and I got to give the support to those guys. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I 
give a shout out to Adam Rogers, uh, who works for Training Think Tank, who was a coach of mine for about a year. And I, and I was talking because I have athletes under me also. Mm-hmm. One of my athletes was telling me that, hey, man, like, I can't get my hips opened up all the way. Right. So I started watching him do jump ropes or just jump. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that his flexion or his, uh, his extension, his hips wasn't fully opening up. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, all right, cool. So what's going on? So I kind of went back and some of the protocol work that I've done with my feet, I put him through it and try to see his extension, his big toe, try to see if he can control his feet, see how his arches looked and ended up leading me to know that he had no dexterity in his foot at all, mm-hmm. which was causing this chain of, of improper movement all the way up through the hip, which was causing improper hip drive and improper extension of the hip and flexion of the hip. And it made sense. And the dude was a runner and you're like, man, how, how is that possible? So <laughs> it's it, heartbreaking to see, man, like people really, I always tell people humans are built to be the best long distance runners on the planet. You know, we're not the fastest or we're not the most agile, but we're built to be the best long distance runners. Um, we're not built to sit in chairs. That's, and that's really the root problem. And, and you know, the hip and the foot, it's kind of this bi-directional communication pathway. The foot and the ankle talk to the hip, the hip is what allows. And, and you know what I tell people, if you want to make it real simple is the hip creates the, the torque in your hip creates the arch. The muscles in your feet hold the arch. So That's awesome. if, you, if you can't actually build the arch, it doesn't matter how strong the muscles of your feet are. You know, if you don't have the mobility in the foot joints or the ability to generate torque in your hip, um, you're never going to be able to get a really strong arch back. And then the second part is, okay, once your hip moves like a normal human hip joint uh, and you can create torque, then how do you work on the core, like the intrinsic muscles of your foot, which are kind of like a core for your foot um, to hold it in place and give you a nice stable foundation, you know, and, and it's something it's just been so lacking, you know, and sometimes the buy-in I get, I, I treat some athletes, higher level athletes, whether it be national or uh, Olympic level track and field athletes, talk about feet. Um, they're spending so much time working upstream, working on squat, explosive power, all this stuff, investing a lot of time and energy um, and, the, and not paying attention to really what their feet are doing. Um, and the analogy I give, it's like, okay, someone gives you a million bucks, you build a house, you kind of grace by the foundation and just kind of do whatever you can to have it there. And you spend all the money on the house and the foundation gives out and, or the foundation limits what you can do up there. It's like, start with the foundation, make sure that that's solid, then spend your time upstream. Because a lot of times the foundation not being right is what limits upstream anyway. It's what stops you from being able to progress past a certain point. It's almost like a safety mechanism. If your brain doesn't feel that your feet are, are stable and able to understand the ground underneath you, it's going to put the brakes on what you can do upstream in terms of squat power output, deadlift power, all, all that kind of stuff. So it's really, you know, train smart and pay attention to the feet because a little bit of effort at the feet and a little bit more education and learning how your feet actually work at just even a basic level um, goes a long way for, for both injury prevention and health, but also the performance side of things, which is kind of, like I said, that's where I get buy-in from a lot of people. They don't really give a shit how healthy their feet are. They want to know that they can jump faster, run faster, um, you know, jump higher, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you're just creating that buy-in for them and that trust with them. So you're like, yeah. Hey, look, we fix this micro movement or this micro body part of your, of your body, mm-hmm. which is actually the, is the foundation for everything you do. We fix exactly. this and get you to understand how to make it work and strengthen it and all that good stuff. You're going to actually see huge potential and huge optimization in your performance throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, we're talking about the elite athlete now. So when we work with a tactical athlete at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, what we do is we work with a tactical athlete and, and you have to understand we're in boots 24 seven. Yeah. In boots 24 seven, we're constricted to the boots around our ankle. We're not allowed to get so much dexterity, not allowed to get the range of motion in it. Um, what, and, and for you, have you, you know, what are your, your steps when you work with someone who has that kind of lifestyle who are mm-hmm. on their feet 24 seven in their boots like that? You know, what are some of the procedures that you do to, when you first see them come into you or, or what's some of the advice you would give to the guys that are listening right now or people who are listening? Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, my first mindset when I treat someone, whether it's the rest of their body or their feet in particular is one protect. So I can tell you a bunch of stuff to get you out of trouble. But if we don't address what got you in trouble in the first place, that's step number one. Eventually, the goal at the Foot Collective is to have a company that works for people, where we can build products and sell them to people for essentially as close to cost as we can. Instead of being interested in making a ton of money off of products, you know, understand that there's a demand and people want this, create it or build it or, or find a company that can do that and, we, and have it be able to be sold directly to consumer, eliminate retail, which is like 50% of the price of any shoe you buy, it's just a retail markup. So... I think 
one big thing is, is uh, protective footwear. Like there's a huge gap in what's happening there. You know, all these boots have super high heels, super rigid, really narrowed forefoot. So with the amount of people, whether it be, um, you know, emergency services, like I treat a lot of police fighters or um, police officers and firefighters, and they're all using protective footwear, construction workers, both my brothers, one's an electrician, one's a general contractor, their feet get destroyed by boots. Yeah. And, and there's no other alternative right now because they need the protection at the toe and they need something, you know, thick enough underneath that it'll stop a nail or something from penetrating their foot. So I think, you know, if anyone's listening to this and wants to dive into big, um, you know, menu, looking into manufacturing or designing a piece of footwear, boots are a huge market that's not being satisfied right now. So, you know, the fundamentals of shoes or, or of a boot is try and get it flat, wide forefoot, and have it be a little bit, have some dexterity in it. You know, the days of having to put a steel plate on your toes or, or under your foot are, are kind of past because we have material science now that you can get Kevlar materials that are still flexible, but will stop penetration or will give you, uh, you know, the toe cap. You can do kind of a carbon Kevlar where, okay, it's still a solid cap, but at least make the forefoot of the boot wide enough that your foot can act like a normal foot. So number one is we need, to, we need to make better boots. The second part is, okay, until that happens, people that are forced to wear boots or that's part of their lifestyle, you treat it almost like sitting. You know, we know sitting in a chair isn't good, but sometimes there's sitting that's not optional. I don't know of a car you can drive yet standing up. You know, there's some sitting you got to do. So the way I tell patients how to deal with that is for every hour of sitting, you got to do an offset. You got to do a little bit of work on both your hips to make sure that, that sitting doesn't give you a permanent restriction that screws up how your body works. Same thing with boots. If you spend eight hours in boots that are super rigid or narrow or have a heel lift, then for every hour, you should be spending about a minute or two per foot just kind of offsetting that. So one hour in boots equals one minute per foot. And that minute can be, you know, loosening up the calf muscle, going into a deep squat to go to your limit of dorsiflexion, mobilizing the foot, working on spreading your toes, working on loosening up the muscles. So just have this back-end maintenance. And, you know, some days you're on holidays and you're not spending time in boots, you don't really have to do the back-end maintenance. You know, do it based on how much time you're spending in that footwear. Um, and at the end of the day, we've got to get better boots going because, you know, the military, like you said, there's a ton of people, tactical athletes, um, or people that work in, uh, you know, high performance tactical professions, um, need better footwear. That's, that's really the end game is have shoes that make it or have footwear that make it so that you don't have to do all this maintenance work, you know, that work well in conjunction with prioritizing function of the foot, um, in line with, with protection or whatever purpose it needs to serve. So. That's yeah, that's huge, man. Like I said, you know, with a special operations realm, we get to pick what boots we want to wear when we go ahead and go on deployments and patrols and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing, you, you know, I really looked into is like, hey, I need to keep my feet healthy for this whole deployment. Mm-hmm. I need to keep my feet healthy for all these ruck runs. And I actually had multiple different boots for different things that actually sure. cater to the job uh, that we were doing. So, for instance, you know, Nike puts out a combat boot for the combat athlete that has yeah. very good dexterity and has a very wide base. Um, those Perfect. have been around for a while, too. The only problem is, though, is there's no, there's no arch support in it. They're... Um, you know, that's nothing too crazy. The flexibility and the constriction of the ankle, how high it goes is actually pretty, pretty nice. Again, it's still going to, it's still going to cut off range of motion. It's not as best as being barefoot. Um, but that's, that's, that's crazy that we know. And it's hard to say like we, we need someone to make a brighter boot for us because of the fact that, you know, a lot of times what happens is we just can't right? like military has a set of orders tactical, yeah. you know, police officers, all them have a certain letter and like, Hey, look, and in the way the military really works and the way that, you know, that realm really works is like you have to bring in some kind of research and be like, hey, this is a reason why we need to get them out of boots. And this is we want to create longevity. You yeah. know, we're peeling. I mean, think about it, dude. A, a, a special operations guy in the military is worth five million dollars. Yeah. You think about it, right, from going through all of the schools and everything else like that. And then we forget to take care of them the long round, um, which is one of the things we're on our feet all the time. It, it just, it just, it just makes me wonder like, Hey, is, is there, you know, ever going to be a time where we are going to be able to not have to worry about what type of boots to wear in the military? Cause that's a great thing. And I don't know how the military works in Canada. Like for you guys, do you guys, you know, does your military get to wear whatever kind of boots they want or they issued a certain type of boot also? No, they're just as limited. It's, it's very, very much similar. I mean, obviously the size of contracts in the military and the amount of, of uh, people in the military is larger in the United States. So you're right. It really is an overwhelming kind of project to take on when you have all of these people that you need to serve with a product. So probably the bigger thing there is 
find the best alternative currently on the market by just knowing the principles of a good boot and how it should fit. And, you know, something as easy as taking away the big heel lift. Like, we, why do we need such a big heel on these boots? There's really no, I don't know if there's a logical reason, yeah. um, you know, tearing down the heel and then even bringing up the forefoot so that it's just neutral. You know, that alone, uh, you know, spending, the longer you spend, just like the chair, the longer you spend with your hip flex at 90, the tighter your hip flexors get, the longer you spend with your heel elevated above your forefoot, the shorter your Achilles and calf and, and the tighter your ankles get. So, you know, making it neutral. So finding the best available alternative and then using that offset. So for every X amount of minutes in this boots, um, you know, the better the boot, the less time you have to spend maintaining it, but it's probably, and that's a lot of times with people, when it comes to sitting, same thing, it's, it's not, you can't just eliminate sitting from your life, but minimize it. And then the sitting you do do offset it with exercises, you know, are going to offset those exact restrictions that get created by the sitting position. So it's, um, yeah, just find the middle ground and, uh, you know, be consistent with doing the stuff to work on it a lot of people are waiting until pain comes and uh, to deal with an issue. And I think it's, you know, the analogy it gives with cars, you don't wait for your engine to explode to go to the mechanic <laughs> and do a little bit of preventative maintenance. One, because it's way cheaper. Um, two, it causes you less of a headache. Same thing with the body. Don't wait till shit breaks down. Make sure that, you know, the functional movement screen, uh, that, um, FMS, like, like guy, Greg Cook and Lee Burton came out with is an amazing, easy, quick 20 minute screen that anyone can do. And it really, covers a lot of the bases, you know, like, do you have a baseline level of ankle mobility? Do you have enough motor control to do a proper squat or an inline lunge? Like it's things like that. I think really put an objective measure in place. Um, and I know they're working with the military quite a bit in the United States. And I think that's like in the next five years, we're going to have so much progress in this realm. It's going to be crazy. I, I really think that in five years, it's going to be to the point where someone goes in to see a physio or Cairo or sport med doctor, whichever one, um, and doesn't get movement screen, the patient is going to be like, what, what the, the fuck? Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Are you guys even like supposed to be treating people? So, and I'm very excited to get to that point because Ottawa is, you know, it's the capital city of Canada, a lot of government employees that have a ton of benefits to spend on physio. And there's like, I call them Mick physios everywhere. It's like you go in, get hooked up to machine, spend half an hour, pay 75 bucks, boom, you're out, coming three times a week, does nothing. And, yeah. and I think it's really kind of disappointing, but also, you know, as technology gets better, as awareness gets better, I think that's going to be a dying breed and a thing of the past. So uh, I'm really excited for, for that point to come. Yeah. And, and since we're on that case, talking about FMS and assessments, dude, I, you know, I've been lucky. I've been through, you know, I've studied and, and done some stuff with FMS. You know, I'm not FMS certified. It's just one of those things like I've studied, been through all the tests. I know how yeah. to do it. Cool. Um, and the great thing about that though, dude, is that, you know, it does give you a very good baseline of understanding how someone's feet move especially when you have them barefooted yeah. from the inline lunge right how's your balance in your feet when you do an inline lunge right exactly. like that inline lunge bro it's it's mind-blowing that you see someone do it and all of a sudden you see someone's hip either go left to right because their feet are doing their toes yeah. and their everything else are moving all over the place they have no dexterity and no motor control in their footwork um yeah. there's another one too i like to talk about is i like to do whenever i when i do an assessment in person is I asked them to see how their motor control is in their fit. So if they can raise their big toe, lower their, yeah. their other toes, and then big toe down and everything else. And then you see how hard they struggle from the brain all the way down. And then all of a sudden their face makes funny faces. Yeah. And then their hands yeah, get all like, I know. It's crazy. I always see that. And I think it just shows you that we've, you know, put such shitty footwear on our feet and, and kind of ignored the feet as these dirty, stinky things which are only stinky because you cover them with something and that harbors fungus, like go barefoot. Your feet won't stink as much. I know I found that. Um, yeah, we, they've just gone from this, this thing that is almost mirrors the hands in terms of the nerve density and the dexterity in terms of what's possible. You know, once in a while, someone will send me a video of someone like on, on social media that doesn't have arms and then what they can do with their feet. Someone sent me a video of this dude that builds toy trucks all with his feet. He's hammering nails and like looking out in the distance, hammering nails with his feet. So, they're really, that's what they have, that's what they're supposed to be like. And we've kind of mistreated them so much that they're now like these lifeless, I call them lifeless flesh blobs, like that don't articulate, that don't move, that don't have any, you know, movement input from your brain because we've just stuck them in these rigid casts for so long. Um, and when people start to rediscover how well their toes can move and, you know, there were, I, I had someone the other day that could literally like move all their toes were still they could move their pinky toe i even find it hard to do it with my fingers move their pinky toe in and out without any of the movement and all the other toes and could do each toe and i was like wow that's amazing it, it's very humbling to see someone with good control like that 
And for the average everyday person, you don't need to be able to move your, just your pinky toe, but at least have some movement and mobility in your foot. You know, the, you can only make, create an arch if there's enough movement in those 33 joints to actually make that shape. So it's, it's just the kind of thing where, you know, daily consistent work for 10 minutes a day with the right guidance, like completely changes your feet in, in as little as, you know, a couple months for some people, you know, the longer you've spent in shitty shoes, the longer it's going to take to offset those effects, but it happens way quicker than people think if you're just consistent with it. So, so we're talking about barefoot running, right? Cause that's something I've seen you posting on your social media, like crazy. Yep. And you've been doing a whole bunch of different series on barefoot running and how to get to the progressions of running barefooted. Yep. Um, let's say we are at that progression of running barefooted. You know, are you having these, you know, are we running on the concrete? Are we running out on the grass? Um, all those kinds of things, you know, because of the fact that again, some people's feet are not resilient enough to handle gravel or handle. Yeah, so do I agree. You, you have a low skill, uh, thresh that threshold that you actually implement first before getting them into a full running or, you know, Hey, go outside and walk for 10 minutes barefooted and, you know, just periodization of that, that way, is that kind of what you do with your, uh, with your athletes and kind of how you push that? Yeah. So it's, it's always as tolerated. And I think, a good thing to mention there is that anytime I use the term barefoot running, I also refer to running in barefoot shoes, right? Just yeah. running in shoes that don't have the arch support, the cushioning, the heel lift. Um, you don't necessarily have to go flesh on ground. Not to say that you can't. Like there's a doctor, uh, he's actually in the United States, Mark Kukuzela, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, and if you look him up, you'll see a video of him completely barefoot running on concrete. And I'm not saying everyone should do that. And I think hardly anyone has the uh, thickness in the sole of their foot um to nowadays yeah and exactly and like i spend all day barefoot for the most part except for you know or in barefoot shoes and my soles the soles of my feet are like the soles of an elephant's foot like i can step on a sharp rock and not only does my foot articulate to take pressure off the one pointy part but like it's it's pretty calloused and that's what our feet just be like not everyone has to be like that in terms of running progression you know it's always one of those things walk before you run you yep. know i tell people um something people underestimate is well, first of all, I tell people to use barefoot running just in like a grass field as an accessory to their training to start with. You know, get your, get your feet wet a little bit um, with just running in a field where you can control the amount that you're doing and it's a softer surface and just get used to it because it really does change your mechanics. You cannot heel strike um, yeah. when you run barefoot. So it's like this, you know, I get people contacting me on Instagram or even coming to the clinic. They're like, oh, can you analyze my running gait? Can you do this? Can you check my degrees here or there? I'm like, just go run barefoot. I guarantee you'll run right. Like it's, it, it, your body wants to run properly. You just have to put it in the environment that allows it to do that. And, and, uh, traditional shoes, traditional shoes with a big heel cushion, not only allow you to heel strike without getting the heel pain from slamming your heel bone in the ground, they actually promote it because of the thicker heel. So it, it promotes you hitting that part of your foot down first. So, you know, eliminate the obstacles to you running well, and you automatically start to run that way. One thing people underestimate is the tissue tolerance that you have to develop. So if you heel strike, you don't use your calf to absorb any impact. All the impact goes through your heel bone, into up into your knee, hip, spine, all the way up to your neck in about a millisecond. Um, so when you start using your calves as a shock absorber, you end up realizing how little you use them before because they're stiff and sore and cramped up as hell. Um, and you just have to develop a tolerance. Your body, just like you know, someone going out and trying to run 5K the first time they go running barefoot is like, you know, never lifting a weight and going to deadlift 400 pounds and being like, oh, shit, that hurt or I can't do it right. Well, duh, you got to progress. So start with walking barefoot, get comfortable with that. Slowly incorporate, you know, a higher proportion of barefoot running into your routine, starting on soft surfaces, low doses, and just progress as tolerated. Like if your calves are firing up and they're really sore, you probably need to do a little bit of maintenance on them and back off the amount of volume you're doing. So it's really as long as I give someone the right explanation of how to self-regulate, I don't really have to periodize it as much. I just have to let them know, okay, if this happens, do more. If this happens, do less um, and work on your feet in the meantime. And, and people progress at different speeds um, depending on how often they train and, and what they're used to. But every, you know, as long as there's forward motion there, then you're good. And, and when you get to the point where you don't need the cushion footwear anymore, number one, running injuries go way down. And it's one of those things, that's what Vibram got in trouble for. They said, if you wear these that prevent running injuries, they unfortunately didn't, they, I think they underestimated how many people would transition really shitty and just go right into them and then mess themselves up. So transition slowly. When you get to the point where you can run in barefoot shoes, you can ditch a lot of the cushion shoes, which one are way more expensive because I can't, I can't sell you a shoe that just protects the sole of your foot and charge you 200 bucks for it. And I yeah, think no. one of the big reasons why barefoot shoes, barefoot footwear 
isn't something that's as popular as it really should be is it's hard to market and sell, um, you know, all the new technology and toys when it's really the more basic, the better. Um, so, so yeah, progress gradually work on your body, work on your calf. You need hip extension before you can run. Like the biggest fucking thing that bugs me is someone comes in they're like, you know, running's my, my thing. It's how I like burn off stress. I've been running forever, but my doctor said I can't run anymore because my knees are destroyed. It's like, okay, instead of just eliminating running, let's address the bigger problem here. And the same reason you're coming in with back pain and foot pain. And it's the fact that your hip does not move. Your hip is, has adopted this shape of a chair and you can no longer access the, the main stabilizers that actually propel you forward. Uh, and so you're cranking through your hamstrings and your low back and no one's really told them that. And so I think, you know, earn the right to run by being able to show me that your hip can extend, that you can do a good body weight squat and that you can stand on one leg and do a shallow single leg squat without your foot pancaking and your knee caving it. Because a shallow single leg squat is really an easier version of what running is every single step because it's just a static squat instead of a jump landing squat. So I think there's certain metrics like Kelly Sturette's book, uh, ready to run is an awesome resource yeah. for anyone. You know, if you run and you want to run sustainably for the rest of your life, not destroy your body in the process, awesome read because it just gives you breaks down those fundamentals of what you need, the, the areas of range of motion that you require in order to run and not screwing yourself up. You know, everything I preach is just stuff I learned from other people. And yeah. every time I do a talk, I just say, I didn't make any of this stuff up. These are the people I learned from. They're way smarter than me. So I just interpret what they say and put it into a package that I find is easier for people to understand. Um, and so I, I think people just have to take more ownership for what they're doing instead of looking for an orthotic or a better shoe or, or the magic pill. You know, I, I think everyone's so used to just shutting out pain with drugs that no one really even sees the reason they're getting pain in the first place. It's yeah. kind of like the fire alarm going on off. You're just plugging your ears and singing. You're not actually, you're just covering it up. You're not addressing the problem. So don't get rid of pain control it, understand why it's there, and then invest time in your body. Like that's the best investment you can make of your time and, and money is just fix your body. You're stuck with it forever. You're a human. You have to move. You may as well move well, you know? So I think um, it's starting to come around, but it's just sometimes you get the odd case where it's like, oh God, we, okay, we need to have a talk here. Yeah, and that's, and that's yeah. funny. Dude. We did a, pod, did a podcast with the Move You guys, Dr. Mike and Andrew. I'm really close with them. I don't know if you follow Move You official. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love it. Their, their new foot series is awesome. Oh, I'm yeah, really dude. Everything. <laughs> I, dude, I'm actually, I've actually known Dr. Mike since 2010. Cool. I've seen him start in a, like a little small fucking like office to where he's at now. That's and, awesome. You know, I did a podcast with him like two weeks ago and it should be dropping this week or next week. And the great thing that we talked about, because he's doing this new series, you know, his, 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 his whole move you company. Yeah. You know, and the first question I asked him was this dude, I was like, Hey man, I was like, what is your process in your programming? And he goes, I'm going to stop you right there. And I was like, well, what's up? He's like, I actually create a purpose and a why so they can stick to doing it for the long term. Yes, exactly. I love, yeah, I'm talking to those guys a little bit more recently and I just got a little bit of their story and like their team there is, it's an awesome way that their team came together. You know, two people had, uh, you know, I think it was Andrew had, had back issues, mm -hmm. saw Mike, solved it. And then another, the girl that deals with her business side of things is, was a, was a previous um, patient. And like, yeah. I, I just love, I think, you know, them transitioning to a fully online platform was a bold move, but it made perfect sense in my brain when I, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's the best way to reach the most people and create the most independence for people to take ownership of their bodies instead of just saying, Oh, come see me. I'll fix you or make you better. Like it's just, and I think our team at, at Optimize is, you know, we treat an older population in, you know, maybe 30, 40% of our caseload. So those people probably aren't going to go online and do a self-directed program. And we're trying to just create like almost this primal gym style place with balance beams and rings and things to hang on. So I think there's always going to be in my mind, in our, you know, in our area, room for bricks and mortar place, but we're going to get into a lot more content and a lot more uh, putting out things that people can look at to, to just work on their own bodies instead of having to depend on whether or not the physio in their area actually knows what they're doing or has their head up their ass and, you know, replace the word physio with Cairo or any other profession. <laughs> a lot of them are kind of lumped together and, and it's, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's an unpretty place right now, but it has so much potential that it really is exciting. So. Yeah, dude. It, it's, it's funny, man. Like 
it, it's just been amazing, dude, to be able to sit here and talk to a lot of guys that are, you know, smarter than me in their realm, right? Like I look at myself and, you know, my, my, one of my other coaches, Asafa, he was just out here for two weeks or for two days and we, he's like my mobility guy, right? So he's the guy going deep and he made this seem so perfect yesterday. He's like, look, bro, you're the head of human performance for a reason, right? You have a wide spectrum of understanding a lot of things. Yep. He's like, and then you have guys around you who can go deep for you. Yeah. Yeah, right. a little about a lot versus a lot about a little. Yeah, you know, and it's and it makes complete sense, and it very it humbled me because of the fact that like I have support there to be able to do these kind of things and be able to go ask questions, you know, and sit here and we just me and you right now doing this was creating a value between each other and a relationship that's not just built on business. Exactly. You know, and and that's something that you talk about being self aware and having a purpose and doing those things. And what drove me to you was because of how much you the passion, the value you cared to put this out for people. And again, you're working with 30 to 40% of the population who are older people. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what you're doing to them every single day? You're adding an extra day to their life. Exactly. And that's all you're doing, dude. That's, and, and, and great. We're not, and then you're making an even bigger impact on the social media realm in the positive way and making that, that much better. I mean, yeah. I go to your page do now and I actually, cause I do individual programming for athletes. Also, I go to your page and I share your links. I'm like, Hey, this is what you're going to do for your foot protocol. This is what you're going to do for your foot protocol. Um, because you know, I really believe in what you what you got going on and, and it's something that's never going to go away. It's one of those things that we are going to continue pushing and understand, especially for the tactical athlete and understand like, look guys, your fear, your foundation, your ruck running, your, you're jumping out of, out of airplanes, you're landing on them why not take care of them and make them the key to what you need to do? It's going to save you for the long term. Um, I had a conversation with a guy who was asking us to help him for, uh, for the, for the PJ course, right? He was like, Hey, these guys at the PJ course are going through, you know, this course and are having really bad back problems because they have to sit inside the inside the airplanes or the helicopters so much, you know, mm -hmm. what can we do to fix it? You know, what can you help write a thing out or whatever else, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, we got to, I'm not going to lie to you. We got to start from the ground up. How's their mobility with their feet? How's their stabilization? How do they hold things? And um, he's like, you know what? I never thought about that. I was like, think about this, dude. You guys are in the schoolhouse. You guys are running, swimming half the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, and then you guys are sitting down the whole time also in a classroom. And then you guys are going into the fleet. And now you're sitting in the back of a helicopter the whole time. And then you have to get out of the helicopter within seconds sprint to get somebody lay rounds down range and then get that guy back into the helicopter and keep and then sit That's back it. down it's so impressive but it also shows you that if there's one problem in the chain it's gonna it's gonna rear its head pretty quick and maybe with some nasty results if you do that repetitively like i, I really find the elite level the highest level of physical demand or physical capacity or physical performance is really where i find it's so interesting because the smallest thing the smallest chink in your armor can be your limiting step can also be the thing that that kind of stops you from being able to do that right like it can stop you in your tracks um i think you know back to the the content i want to create the whole reason for creating tfc shop was i saw what shoes were available and where they're being sold and they were selling for too much because there's still the retail markup which is half the price of a shoe you pay uh most of the time is just a markup from buying it from a store that has to pay rent and employees and all that kind of stuff so take that out people can get shoes for cheaper plus i wanted to be able to vet all the shoes we sell so the, the motivation to sell shoes was get people better shoes for better prices with better advice and take the profits that it does make and roll that into developing better content. Because our content is, you know, it's as good as I've been able to do with what I have available. You know, as a full-time therapist, it's more started off as a hobby, got a little bit more involved with it or spent more time, but I've never actually been able to full-time dig my feet in and create good content, create like a video series where, okay, Here's foot 101. This is the basics of understanding your foot and how it's connected to your hip. You know, the transition to barefoot series was kind of like this piecemeal thing that I put together. Um, but I want to put that into a video series so that someone can start, okay, level one to four months later, level 10. What do I do all the way through? How long do I do it for? How do I do these exercises? Like I really want to have a full on platform because that's a big part, right? You transition to barefoot shoes. You got to know how to use them. It's a tool. It's a very different piece of equipment or gear than what most people are used to, which is weird because that should have been the norm. Um, but you got to learn how to use it. You got to learn how to work on the body part that, that you're covering with that so that it can actually act, you know, barefoot shoes are the best kind of footwear for a strong, mobile, healthy foot. Problem is a lot of people don't have that foot. So how do we teach people 
how to get towards that, that kind of goal, restore their feet, um, and then be able to use barefoot shoes as the optimal piece of footwear. So I think that's, that's really the motivation. I, I think, um, I, you know, I tried to come at this at the start from get information to people. Now it's how do I work hard for people, not for investors or, you know, I'm going to, it's always a struggle to try and push off anyone trying to put money into the company because they want to get profits out. But I think, you know, bootstrapping it and just enjoying the struggle all the way through to kind of grow this thing um, has allowed me to realize, you know, this can be done. If, if enough people are supporting you, um, you know, all the money that can be made with that is put into investing into better content, better video software, or better thought, you know, get a team of physios together and say, okay, how do we put this into a series that's super tangible for people? You know, record it, edit it, put it out there, have it still be free. I never want to charge for content. Um, so I think that's, that's what keeps me kind of going. And, and, you know, you, once in a while you get someone send you a message or an email saying, you know, I looked at your stuff. I had pain for ages. I spent a ton of money and this is what's helping me. Um, you know, this is what's making a difference. It's like, okay, shit. Now if the motivation was weaning and I was getting down, I'm back on again. And it's like, okay, how do I progress this? How does this move forward? And you know, it's guys like guys like you or people doing podcasts that, um, are just interested in cultivating good content, you know, making good conversations, speaking out loud, putting things in terms that people can understand that they can wrap their heads around, you know, making it understandable. I think there's so much of this thing that Greg Cook said at the last uh, Perform Better Summit I was at, complexity from profit. When someone makes something sound really complex so that they can make money from it uh, or make it feel like someone has to go see them because of the problem, it's a big issue. And so when you simplify things, um, to the point where people can digest it and actually feel empowered. You know, if I say, oh, you have blah, blah, blah is wrong with your feet and we need to do blah, 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 do these exercises, just do them. Uh, they're like, well, what the fuck is that? Like, I, I have no, I don't even know what was just said, number one. Number two, I don't understand my body. I just feel like I have to go back to this person just to watch me do these exercises. I don't even know why I'm doing. It's like, how about we just teach people how their bodies work at a basic level? You know, if I can explain a mechanic that didn't graduate grade nine, how his back works and how to get out of back pain, I think I can explain to anyone, including, a, you know, I should be able to explain to an eight-year-old kid why his feet hurt. That's, that's the mindset. Anyone yeah. I talk to about feet is I pretend like they're eight years old and I try and tell them in as simple ways as I can why their feet are giving them problems and how they're an indicator of problems upstream and how to resolve them. And I think more people need to take that attitude, I think. Yeah, definitely, dude. That's right. What are, what are three go-tos that you do for your feet? You know, let's say you, um, for instance, let's say we are in our boots all day, um, yep. or we're in a shoe that is not a barefoot shoe all day. And you talked about it. You're like, all right, if you're sitting down for eight hours, you should be doing a minute per that hour. You mm -hmm. know, besides just, you know, playing with your feet, what are some of the, some of the protocols that you use? IE, do you, you know, rolling out the plantar fasciitis, you know, with that, mm -hmm. are you, you know, stretching out the calves? Are you doing movement flow work to really get the feet barefooted? You know, I've been really big into movement flow work for the past year. I do a lot of movement flow work. Me too. Um, just recently, even the past six months, just create, I watched, um, have you seen the Edo Portal documentary? Yeah. 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 Dude, that blew my mind. And it also made me realize I got to do more creative movement where it's not structured. And I'm just going into all these positions that I know I'm not comfortable in through like a movement flow. I started with 10 minutes, you know, I was huffing and puffing after 10 minutes of just yeah. moving around. I was like, shit, I got to work on that. Um, but definitely like, I mean, that's hard to, I think the, I put on the, on the TFC shop web, TFC shop.com website, there's a link that goes to videos. And on there, I put the big three, which I consider the main three exercises that everyone has to do to restore their feet. Two of them are exercises for the hip because a lot of times, like I said, the hip creates the arch, the foot, is what holds it in place. But, um, you know, a hip opener. So the hip flexor, I think a lot of people are stretching their hips. I think a lot of people are not stretching their hips effectively. So I put a hip opener on there, kind of ran people through uh, a video of this is how you open up your hip. This is the dose you got to do it with. So that's number one. Number two is an upper glute release, um, upper glute reset with a lacrosse ball. And I'm going to be, I actually just recorded yesterday. I'm going to fire it up on there today. Um, but essentially dig a lacrosse ball into your upper butt cheek, which is where a, a really important muscle to create torque through your hip, which mm -hmm. is what generates the arch in your foot. And then the third one is get into your foot with a lacrosse ball every day, like smash out all the muscles and all the joints and all the fascia underneath your foot. Make sure your foot can articulate and move like it's supposed to. Uh, and you know, when you spend time barefoot, a lot of times I tell people the foot requires surface nutrition. So it needs to go over uneven surfaces, different textures, different pitches, different angles. And, you know, all we really expose our feet to is this flat, hard surface most of the time. 
And that's kind of like eating carrots and only carrots your whole life. You're probably going to be have shitty nutrition. Our feet have shitty surface nutrition. So the lacrosse ball is good to articulate and get moving all these joints, but the 33 joints in the foot need a little bit more love than that. And so walking over tree, obviously walk in an area that you're not going to slice your foot up. Like I'm not telling people to, it's funny. Every time I say go walk barefoot, you get inevitably <laughs> like 10 people that are like, Oh, I'm going to cut my feet, man. Or what if I walk on glass? Don't walk on glass. Look, whatever, look where your feet are going. Um, but walk over surfaces that are weird, like tree roots, angles, curbs, river rock. Walking on river rocks five minutes a day lights your feet up. It opens them up, lights up your brain in terms of all those sensors that are in your feet that have kind of gotten offline. Um, so just get better surface nutrition of your feet and walk on weird surfaces, sand, rocks, grass, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the big three, open up the hip, reset the glute and work on foot mobility. And, and you know, you can go as deep into that rabbit hole as you want with, you know, flows that are focusing on foot mobility where you're getting your foot and your toes in all these weird positions that's huge you know i always tell people you can mobilize a joint or loosen up a muscle all you want but to hit the save button you got to use it in a motor pattern you got to yeah. use it in a movement so move right after you mobilize something move and take advantage of that new range or that new muscle length and that's that's a big part people are missing out of yeah are missing out on like it's crazy how many people are like oh I work on my ankles 30 minutes a day and they're still tight it's like okay What'd you do after you stretch them with a band and foam roll yeah. them and everything else? Oh, I put my yeah. shoes back on. And I started walking to work. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Or what's even worse. I put my shoes back on and then I sat at my desk for four hours. It's like, man, you just offset everything you did times eight. So, yeah. And that's, and that's something I've really been blessed with some of the mentors I've worked with. Uh, you know, I got to intern under Dr. Quinn who owns a clinical athlete. Yeah. Quinn Hennock. Yeah, Quinn Hennock. I got to, I did a podcast with him too. And I got to intern under him and he was really big on, you know, Hey, to, to increase movement, you must do movement, right? Exactly. And like, and you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I first got into the fitness room, I was a big fan of Kelly Starr, and I'm nothing against Kelly Starr. I love him to death. What he's putting out is amazing, and he's only evolved to the to now, like where he actually believes. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and create this range of motion, and then let's go ahead and create long term adaptations. And you know, and Quinn's been doing that for a while. He's he's like, I'm, I hate, I'm not a foam roll guy. I'm not a cross guy or whatever else he's like, I'll use it for clusters to increase range of motion. Again, yeah. I it's test range of motion. It's just a tool, right? Like, exactly. and so that's kind of led to my methodology of like, when I look at it, okay, cool. I want to test range of motion and then I want to create range of motion. And then I want to, and I want to go ahead and ingrain that new range of motion and then go and retest range of motion again. Exactly. Cool. Like if that's the case, then, then that's where we need to start going with all of, all of this in general. And the problem though is, is people don't want to sit there and take the time to be like, what's really wrong with me? They don't care about that. They don't care like, oh, my knee hurts, my glute hurts, my hip hurts. Well, how does your feet move? Like no one cares about that. No one's like, that's the stupidest thing in the fucking world. And it's like, realistically, dude, it's like, dude, you're on your feet your whole life. So take care of them. Exactly. It's the only part of your body that touches the ground. I always tell people it's the most advanced sensor in your body. Because it, we take, it's crazy. Sometimes like I'll look, I'll take an objective view and kind of like almost look at myself from away and, and think of how the body works. And it's like the fact that we can walk around on these two little flippers with a 200 pound body and not fall flat on our face and really discount how complex that is. We just do it. Um, is fucking crazy. Like we, our feet are literally telling our brain enough information to allow us to stay balanced and not fall over. Like there's a reason we're, really the only animal that permanently walks around bipedally is because our brains allow it. There's really not very many animals that can do that because it's super complex, right? Like it's hard to navigate the world on two limbs. Um, and, and you take away like properly functioning feet. One thing that I've gotten into now over the past year, and I did a lot more of this and I've gotten really crazy effects for a locked up ankle. I used to tell people, let's mobilize the ankle. Let's move into the dorsiflexion, like mobilize it, work on the hardware, then ingrain some software by using that new motion. Mm -hmm. Walking back and forth over a two by four, as, which acts like a balance beam, I've found can loosen up the ankle and the calf more than five minutes of tissue work. Why? Wow. Because you're essentially earning the right to articulate your ankle, right? If your brain doesn't feel like you have good control over your ankle because your foot doesn't even know what the fuck's going on underneath it because it's, so, it's gotten so far away from doing its role, that it has no choice but to lock down your muscles and stiffen things up to protect you. Your brain wants you to stay safe. So if it doesn't think that you have good control or feedback from your ankle joint, it's gonna lock down the calf to stop you from spraining your ankle. And that's a lot of times where tight ankles come from. So walk back and forth over a balance beam, 
over a two by four without looking down at the floor and go heel to toe super slow, you'll open up your ankle just by earning the right, by saying to your brain that you have control over that area. Like Greg Cook showed me that a year ago and I was like, my mind was blown because I started doing it in practice, started getting like really old patients walking on a balance beam for five minutes who couldn't even like, it's crazy how, how nervous people are stepping on off onto two inches and they want to hold, you know, I'll get them starting with a couple of hockey sticks that have the, the blade cut off and they start walking and they're super wobbly using the sticks the whole time. And then in like the course of a week of, and the beauty about a two by four is you, you know, it's cheapest piece of equipment, go to a hardware store, pick up a two by four, put it on your ground, do five minutes every single day. And old people fall less. They sense more security, more balance. Take these huge clunking shoes that they wear off. They automatically have better balance. Their toes spread. They have a better base of support. So it's just, you know, the feet aren't the be all and end all of the body, but like you said, everything starts there and they're a really good indicator of what's going on upstream. Like I can tell someone, when I get someone to stand shoulder width apart facing me, I can tell from the feet what kind of shoes they wear. I can tell from wear patterns, how they walk. I can tell based on their arch, how their hip works or if it even works at all. Stand them on one leg, I can get double that amount of information. I can pretty much tell someone where they're restricted. You know, I'm not a genius. I'm not a, like, I really don't consider myself an expert at any level or super advanced in this realm. But if it's that simple to me, just by understanding mechanically how things affect other areas, um, you know, I should be able to tell someone and teach someone how I can see those things and have them understand just how their bodies work, understand how your machine works. So you can troubleshoot it at a basic level. Right. And that's, and that's funny. You said that, man, we talk about like helping, you know, people not fall over and using the two by four as a place to gain range of motion. And it's yeah. funny is that it, it really brings me back to this is like, if we can get them to walk in line yeah, and it goes upstream through the knee, the hip. And then all of a sudden now we start teaching them how to control and wake muscle ups in the core and the trunk. Yeah. So not only have we just gained range of motion in that ankle and learned how to create balance, but we also just created a neurological response to how to brace the trunk where no one understands how to brace the trunk nowadays. Yeah. You just rewired their software without telling them a billion cues. You just are, you, you engineer their environment to force them to activate certain muscles. And that is like our philosophy in our clinic is don't give someone a billion clues. Don't tell them what muscles to fire. The brain doesn't think like that. Put them in a position or an environment that they can mimic at home. So it's not crazy complex. Like an inline lunge is beautiful. Kneel down with the other foot in front of your knee. Don't fall over. Do that for a couple minutes every day how you can't mess that up. Um, and it's really, those are my favorite exercises because it's reactive. The body moves reactively. It doesn't, a lot of times it doesn't voluntarily do a certain activation pattern or muscle activation. It just reacts to the environment around it. And so you put someone's body in a certain shape, walking like the sobriety test there with going heel to toe on a two by four, do that. You have no choice, but to activate your glutes, to turn on, to engage all your kind of obliques, all your core, um, and it just happens. Like if you, if you have the hardware to allow it, it just turns on. And that's the beautiful part. It's not this crazy complex thing. It's just do this super easy thing that a two-year-old can do and your body will start to work better. Oh yeah, definitely. It's funny, man. It's like, I, so I always gotten asked through DMs and, and emails like, Hey man, what education and did you go through? Did you go to graduate college, get kinesiology major? And I was like, no, I haven't actually. And, and one of the big reasons was because of the fact of how close minded a lot of the professors were when I was there going through school, when I got out of the military. And this is kind of what led me to really stepping back from school and kind of becoming self-educated and really looking for mentors and internships. And it goes back to actually talking about the old people and figuring out balance. And I was in, I was in a, I was in a health class and the teacher was talking about, you know, he asked, he's like, what can we do to help prevent a lower risk in older people from breaking their hip? Yeah. And I straight out came out and I was like, well, first we need to teach them how to balance through the foot being barefooted and also teach them how to control their core and their trunk. And he looked at me and asked me to step out of the classroom. Really? That's so crazy. So yeah. Crazy. He, he asked me to step out of the classroom and I stepped out of the classroom and classes over, he pulled me aside. He's like, look, he's like, I don't know what you've learned or what you've done. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't like the fact that you are undermined me or threw out something that we were not even going towards. And I was like, Oh wow. And and, you just summed up the education system. Like honestly, in in the health professionals, it's so behind and dogmatic and rigid in its thinking that there's no progressiveness. There's no open-mindedness. You know, I always tell people, I reserve the right to change my mind tomorrow. You show me how to do something better. I'm going to do it that way. I'm not going to do it the way I've been doing it because 
the way I'm doing it is the way I think is best to do that. It's not, you know, it's just crazy. It boggles my mind that people in, in teaching positions can be so closed minded. It's like, you know, let's have an intelligent discussion about why you think this way and why I think that way and see where the disconnect is and then address that by looking at the information available out there. Don't just say, Oh no, it's my way or the highway just because it's just so, so behind. Um, and he, and it was funny because I asked, I was like, I was like, you know, coming from the military, I was already had to been out a little bit. I was like, hey, with all due respect, sir, I was like, you know, what is the answer you were looking for? And he was like, he was like, well, get them sitting more. And I was like, crazy. He was like, or have them not move as much or give them a cane. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, so you're telling me we're just causing them to just, I was like, so, and I didn't say this, I thought in my head after later on, I kind of like reflect, I was like, so you pretty much just told me something that's going to make it worse for them. Yeah, and you it's just, me you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Right. Like I was like, Holy shit. I was like, so you're telling me that's to lower risk management in an older person from them breaking their hip or smashing their head or whatever else you just told them to either put a cane in their hand or sit down less and not move as much. Yeah. That use makes, those muscles less and, uh, and yeah, everything's good. It yeah. makes, it makes no fucking sense, man. And ever I mean, since like, just use basic elemental logic. That's yeah. it. I'm not asking you to like build a rocket ship. Just use fucking logic in knowing that when you sit, you don't use your body. You get worse at using your body, which causes you to fall. Like A equals B equals C. It's yeah. really, and if, yeah, it's just people like, they almost have blinders on, you know, when they've been doing something a certain way. And like the world of physiotherapy, I think manual therapy is one of those things. It's a way where you can do these micro oscillations at certain joints, which is just misplaced precision. You're precisely trying to figure something out how about testing if they can even do a squat? Yeah. Because maybe that's the issue. Not that their knee doesn't move 0 0.04 degrees in this plane of motion, you know, complexity for profit. It's just, that's, that's yeah. the name of the game. And I, I really, yeah, it's just, it's very crazy. It's mind blowing, dude. Yeah, dude, it's crazy, man. But I, I, like I said, man, I appreciate so much for your time for the podcast today, dude. Like I said, no a no lot of great information out there, dude. And it's funny, man, is like, whenever I come on to these things, I always look for something huge that, you know, and, and the most, and then I realized it's the most simplest thing that you talk about mm -hmm. is what actually changes everything. And I'm this, I'm, I'm that way. Like simplicity is key. Brilliance in the basic is what leads you to the proper places. Exactly. And, you know, you hit it on the head today with everything you talked about and you said it perfect. You know, I asked you like, Hey, what's your big three things you focus on first, get hip flexion and extension. Yep. Loosen up the glute, right? Loosen it up, get that going. And then focus on movement of the of the ankle calf and the foot once you've kind of done all that then get into some movement work and one thing i love about was that we're doing with soft lead is you know we're adding in movement flow work like i posted a, a video uh, of me doing like i had a i think last week i ended up doing uh like 60 minutes of movement work cool. and i've worked up to it um and it was like the edel portel squat routine into a hip flow from dr adrino spina and dean simmers and then it went into a T-spine flow. And then I mixed the hip flow and T-spine flow together. And then I went into some locomotion work. And if guys don't know what locomotion work listening right now, you guys will see videos of it. But look online and check out Edo Portel. And like I said, you know, those are something huge because it also goes back to what we're talking about with the Foot Collective and with Nick is that right there just lets you move your feet in very un- Un, uh, unconventional ways that you're not that you're meant to move right like that's just the way it is and, and it's great that you know we see people doing this more and see that you're getting into it and you're really pushing this to everybody man and i'm looking forward to really seeing everything else come together and i'm not gonna lie to you dude. I, you know i want to sit and talk let's let's collaborate together foot collective and softly and let's put out a small little protocol for the softly athlete Cool. and help push each other right like this is what you want yeah man i'm all about it bro like i'm here to optimize human potential and you're here to optimize human performance also and make everyone better dude so i thank you very thank you for that with that being said how can people reach you and what you know lay it out there man how can people reach you you know what are some of the things that you want to kind of pass out that you got going on right now awesome i love the energy george and the charisma and just the passion for you know what you're doing you got to love love what you're doing or do something different that's what yeah. i always tell people because i think if you're going to do something, do it as best you can. And in order to have the most energy available and the motivation to do it, you got to love it. And I could tell you do, and I do, and it's awesome to have, uh, to get good brains together that are just riffing on some, on good stuff. So to find, uh, the website, the main education website is www.thefootcollective.com. Um, that's where we put up all the audio for podcasts. We have a barefoot education page teaching about 
you know, what are modern shoes doing to our feet? Why should barefoot shoes be on your radar? Why should you want to know about them? Um, we have tfc-shop.com, which is our online store. We ship globally. Uh, we're always adding and we're always trying to get our prices lower and lower. So we're trying to disrupt kind of the mainstream footwear retail market by just getting the best footwear, the best advice. Um, they're all barefoot and foot friendly, uh, kind of shoes. And then, uh, at the foot collective on Instagram is the handle there. So you can reach us on all there. Emails, DMS are hard to reach. You know, I try and check them out once in a while, but they just bottle up so quickly and I just don't have the time. Eventually we'll have a team of people that can respond to that stuff. But, um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll chat, we'll touch base and chat about doing that series. Cause I think simplifying things and at least giving people a basic protocol just to kind of reset the hardware so that they can then work on the software and get the movement ingrained, I think is not hard to do. And, uh, yeah, we'll get that info out there and see if we can get the, uh, the soft leap following on the right track with the feet. Definitely. Dude. Again, thanks, man. Appreciate it very much, man. No worries.